How are we doing, mates? Welcome back to the Top Step. My name is Ryan Roland Smith. All right, we are into 2021. We're plowing ahead. Baseball's right around the corner. It's been a crazy offseason. Obviously, a crazy 2020. Hopefully, we can leave it in the rearview mirror. Who knows what's going to happen 2021, but I do know this. We have got some great episodes ahead of us. Now, for all my Mariner fans, I do get a lot of messages asking from the team I cover, the Seattle Mariners, if I can get more Mariner players on this. So I've got just what you asked for. I do have a nice little string. I'm going to put them all together. These episodes with some of these young Seattle Mariners, which are going to be a big part of the future. We hear so much about him. And this guy this week is someone that I could not wait to talk to. Had an absolute breakout year in 2020. He was DFA'd as a young prospect from the San Diego Padres. Mariners claimed him. He came up to Seattle, got a chance to start, and just took off. He's going to have a massive 2021. I know he is. So much fun to watch. His name is Mr. Nick Margaviches. And you'll notice too, towards the end of this, I did apologize. We had some technical difficulties. I didn't have the best Wi-Fi in this hotel when I recorded this, but he's such a good dude. We are going to lock it in when we see each other in person, in spring training, might even go behind the scenes, watch his workout or do something fun with him off the field. I've got Evan White next week. I've got Mariner players beyond that and beyond that and beyond that. We had Aaron Goldsmith last week too, the play-by-play voice of the Seattle Mariners. So it's going to be a little bit of a, a string of uh, Seattle uh, in front of us, but uh, I'm excited, man. We've got spring training coming up very soon. Baseball's going to be back. I'm hoping that's 162. Who knows? Who knows? But it, it, it doesn't matter. Hey, before we get into this, make sure you click that subscribe button and leave me a review too. Look, my birthday's coming up. Leave me a nice little happy birthday in the reviews if you want. Go to www.thetopstep.com. You know the routine. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, whatever. But enjoy this episode, whether you're having that workout, you're driving across the country, you're in Australia, in the outback on walkabout. I'm just kidding. That was for all my American listeners. We don't really say that. But either way, if you're in Australia or if you're in the US somewhere, enjoy this one as Nick Margaviches joins me on the top step. No matter what happens, Ryan Roland Smith has something to tell his grandkids right here. First appearance of the big leagues. <laughs> He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Especially if he strikes them out. Here comes the one-two pitch to Junior now. The breaking ball. He struck him out. Yeah, that will be a story for the rest of his life <laughs> as he strikes out Ken Griffey Jr. And the inning is over. But what an inning it was. And You'll never say that I'm not killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. Killing them. Killing them. Killing them. Mark First of all, did I say... You, did I say your last name correctly? Have I got that right? You got it perfectly. Right on. First try. Okay, good. Because there was a little bit of this year watching you pitch and watching you come over, obviously back in spring training, there was always that, am I saying this right? I, I, I know we'd heard your name a bunch, but you just never quite know. I want to make sure I nailed that right away here. Because you and I, dude, we've, we've, we've never met, man. I've never met you. I got a chance to watch you pitch, you know, with the Mariners this year. Crazy year 2020. But uh yeah, I want I want to get off to 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 a good start here with you. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. How many times my name has been pronounced incorrectly? So I I, I just kind of let it flow uh, unless someone asks. Right, I got you. So where are you at now? I've already told you before we came on. I told you I'm in hotel quarantine right now. I got to ask, man. You from hearing your story, we're going to dive into that 
you're a pretty active dude. You like to have a good routine. If you're in hotel quarantine like me, right? And I'm complaining. I've, I've, I've cried about this for the last, I'm in day 10 right now. What are some of the things, if you're in a hotel room on your own, you've got things, what, do you, what are you doing, man, in a hotel room? I mean, well, the only experience I had to compare was this season. So when we first got to Seattle, we had a quarantine for two days after we got tested pretty much. And uh, it was, uh, I was going to lose my mind unless I changed change my activity. Every hour I had to be just doing something different. I couldn't play video games for one hour. couldn't read for one hour. couldn't watch the same show for more than an hour. I just, just got to keep changing up. And uh, I think I was even throwing weight. We had a big cement wall like uh like a like a post in the middle of my room so i would throw like some uh weighted balls at that thing and uh just try to do everything you can to stay uh keep your, your mind active when you guys were on the road this year you got it's it basically you you had to stay in your room right but how like how strict was that Tell, talk me through that routine because this was i know you had your year last year but here you are as a young player i remember first coming up to the big leagues or having that first you know real time of being a major league player you got you had a lot of guys making their first run at the big leagues how how legitimate was that we heard that you guys had to stay in your room was that legitimate on the road you couldn't leave your room and unless you're going to the ballpark yeah so uh pretty much from the first trip on uh they they said you can't leave your room you can order whatever you want go pick up in the lobby or i think you could have it delivered to your room by the room service or whatever so we were like Uber Eats or, or DoorDash, whatever you wanted to do. And then, uh, but like, like you were, like you're talking about, you see a Chick-fil-A right, right across from your hotel and you can't go out and get it. So they had security guards in the, in the lobby. Uh, you know, they, so they were, they would keep track of anybody were to leave. But uh, towards the end of the season, we found out that you were able to go outside for a walk. So I would say probably like the last two weeks or so, uh, we were able to like go outside and yeah. some of like the nicer weather places like like LA when we were in LA we were kind of away we could go outside for a walk and, and that was good. Do you feel like pitching with no fans this year? Were you someone that did you need the fans? Like was this a situation where you know I can kind of block this out because no one's in this stadium? Like you're on field six at spring training, or is that something that did that affect you at all this year? for me, I, I didn't really notice it all. It kind of really did feel like there were fans with the crowd noise pumped in and uh, with the cardboard cutouts, honestly, because when you're on the mound, you don't see anybody, you don't notice anything anyway. So uh, every, the noise is there or whatever, but you know, you're so locked in when you're on the mound, like, you, you know, like it's just you, the hitter, the catcher and the umpire. And that's all you see. And that that's, that's where my vision was. So, uh, but, but, when I wasn't on the mound, I really noticed it, you know, like yeah. when there's the, the game's going on, you're watching the game, you really notice no fans. I feel like, man, when I was really struggling and I just couldn't get anyone out and there was plenty of times like that, that's when all of a sudden my focus went from just that hitter to all of a sudden I can hear what that dude's saying 30 rows back if he's heckling me or whatever. I feel like when, if I'm doing really good things, and for pretty much this year, I mean, you were on a really good roll, but I feel like, man, the guys who are struggling, that's when you'd probably feel the fact that there's no fans or all of a sudden your focus goes away from what's happening in front of you. Yeah, I, I've been there before too. When when you, you start to hear like the boos, you just throw you throw a ball and people start booing you and, and you know, like then you start to notice. And uh, But yeah, having no fans this year, there was no really indication of how you, you were performing out there. It's just kind of, 
well, this is this is what I got to do next. And that that was kind of it. Hey, Nick, you know, this year was interesting, man. I mean, you had so many new guys, obviously, with the Mariners. Now, I've been covering them. I played with them, obviously, left, came back. 2016, I was, I was you know, back working with the team. This year, there's so many new guys. And, uh, you know, when you look at it and, you know, looking at you, for example, you come over, you come over off a little bit of a different situation. Here you are, you're a young prospect, but you're coming from a completely different transaction, really. When you first came over, man, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I had to do some digging. I even asked some people with the Padres when I saw that DFA next to your name, at your age, left-handed, everything else you see from a, you know, from an outsider's perspective. I had to do some digging and, and figure out what were the Padres thinking when it came to designating a young left-handed pitcher. Did you ever get any kind of indication from them as to what happened in January, why you were DFA'd? Yeah, kind of right when it happened, uh, it, it came as a huge shock because it was my first season, and obviously I was so young uh, when it happened. And uh, they kind of they, they just told me pretty much straight out they when it happened they said we tried for a couple of weeks to clear a roster spot uh, and we weren't able to move anything around. Uh, unfortunately, like this is this is what we decided to do. Um, you're probably going to be picked up, and you're probably going to be gone uh, by by this time next week. Um, but we'll see how it goes. And, uh, and that was it. That was that, but, um, it, it just, that's just kind of what it came down to how they wanted to structure the roster at the time. Uh, I think they wanted to stack their bullpen a little bit more, uh, going in for the, hopefully a playoff run, which they made this year. Um, and that's just kind of the vibe I got from them that, you know, it, it was unfortunate that had to happen, but, uh, and they didn't want to do it, but, um, that's just kind of what it came down to. Yeah, it's interesting, man. Again, a team like the Padres, if they've got a lot of young players or they are in that situation where now they can start making a push, I totally get it where they have to you know, start making tough decisions and everything else. But January 7th, you got, you got designated January 17th and not until January 24th. In that time, were you starting to sort of question, because here you are, young player, and you, your career is just going up and up and up. But all of a sudden this happens and you know you may get claimed, but when you look around, I mean, you're, you're not you're not – you know, you're not silly. You understand that when you see guys getting claimed and everything else, it's still that kick in the guts. And you do you start to question where you're at in your career? Yeah. I mean, I think you can listen to people tell you as much as you want that you're going to be all right. Like, it's going to be fine. You got a lot, a lot of baseball ahead of you, this and that. But, uh, you know, I think you'd be lying if you said you didn't start to question what was going on, why things are happening uh, to you. And, uh, you know, during that time, it was it was really difficult for me. Um, but as, as time went on, like through that whole process, I, I was kind of growing more and more confident that, uh, I was going to be claimed. I was going to get an opportunity somewhere and, uh, whether I got to pitch in the big leagues right away or not, uh, I, I was feeling good that I was going to get another crack at it. And, and really what was giving me confidence was, was all the work I've been doing last off season, you know, yeah. like I, I couldn't control the a decision, an external decision, but. You know, there were things I set out to do last offseason, and, and I was doing them. And uh, that gave me confidence that wherever I landed, uh, I was going to be ready to go. What was some of the What was some of the things you're doing last offseason? Last offseason, uh, I, I really tuned into my delivery. Uh, I kind of fell out of whack uh, during my first season in, in 19. And that was kind of the first time I ever had, had doubts about the stuff I was doing on the mound. And I was kind of thinking about mechanics while pitching. and it's really hard to get major league hitters out when you're, when you're worried about yeah. 
you know, your front side or, or where your arm is. So um, I was like, I'm not, I'm never going to think about that when I'm on the mound. I'm going to work on it right now. I'm going to figure these things out in the off season. And uh, that, that's what I was doing, taking video every single day, pretty much. And just kind of really solidifying what I want to do. When you felt like going back to 2019, you, you said you felt like you got out of whack or you started all of a sudden thinking about mechanics, trying to get big league hitters out. Was there, and again, you don't have to name names or anything like this, but was there a coach or someone that was, you know, had the best intentions, but was just giving you too much information or taking you away from what you do naturally? Uh, you know, I, I think you get, you get so much more, you get so much more information at the major league level. You know, you get uh, these advanced scouting reports, you get breakdowns of your, your pitch percentages and you get uh, this and you get that, all this video and slow motion and, and all these things. And if something's not going quite right, there's always like, Oh, well, this isn't, this doesn't really look right. So maybe try something like this, or maybe uh, you're not throwing this pitch quite enough. So maybe try throwing this one more or something like that. And you're like, all right, well, I, I mean, I'm 22. I, I don't know anything. What do I know? Yeah. I think, you know, my coaches and this, all this information is here to help me, but really you have to learn what information is important to you and, and what information you need to, you need just listen to and then let it filter through. Yeah. You make such a good point, man. I was just like you, I was so like, you know, quote unquote coachable where it's like, Hey man, you obviously know what you're talking about. And this is in a time too, you guys have so much information is right in front of you, how the ball behaves and, you know, this slider sucks at the major league level before, when you haven't even faced a big league hitter. Back in, you know, back when I was pitching, back when dinosaurs roamed the earth, it was, you know, 2006, 2007. And I had coaches just going off like, look, saying, oh, hey, um, you know, I noticed when you pitch, your arm was here. Like, there's no way you can quantify that or no way you can see that my hand was a little bit lower on that pitch or whatever it may be. But I was way too coachable, man. I'm thinking I want to please everyone. Um, I want to make sure I'm saying the right things in front of these people. So there is always that, right? There's that fine line. If you're working, if you were to advise a young 21 year old, whether they're a prospect or not, there's that fine line of being coachable and also saying, you know what, this is what feels right to me and I'm just going to stick with it. And this is what's gotten me there. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like you have to, you have to know what you do well and you, not more than that. You have to know what you feel confident in because yeah, I don't care how good it looks. If you're not confident doing it, it's not going to work out for you, uh, no matter what someone tells you. So uh, to me, the more I can learn, the more I can try and, and that I can say, well, I feel good doing this because and the data shows me this and that's why I'm going to do it. Uh, the more I can piece it together in my own head, the more confident I'm going to feel when it comes time to, to go do it. Yeah. Did you feel like in going back to spring training, you know, you, you, did you get option? You got option before they broke, right? Or did, were you optioned in camp or did they just kind of give you the option, like option you yeah. down after? Okay. So you got option. So basically you went in with Scott service and whoever, Jerry DePoto and whatever, and, and basically said, Hey, we're going to option you in AAA. Um, how long after that was it when they shut everything down? Uh, I want to say like two or three days. Oh, wow. Okay. So it was like right before. Gotcha. All right. Gotcha. So did you have a feeling going into camp? Obviously you picked up as a, you know, um, DFA roster being claimed. Did you have that feeling in, in the back of your mind? Did you already kind of anchor yourself saying, I'm going to start this year in AAA? Obviously pre COVID. 
Yeah, I think when going into spring training, I was just they they obviously it was January, so right before spring training started, and uh, I was like, well, they they probably have a good idea of what they want to do. Um, and then they signed Taiwan basically right to be in spring training. So I was like, all right, this is probably what the rotation is looking like. Um, but going into camp, I was like, I just am going to show them what I got and uh, the improvements I've been making. And hopefully that would be a, a good first impression for me. And uh, But yeah, I, I had a good idea that I was probably going to be optioned down um, just because they hadn't had much time to work with me and, and get yeah. them in their own system. Did you, with Pete Woodworth, and I had Pete Woodworth actually on this podcast uh, a couple of weeks back, in spring training, when you first got over there, was there any kind of, did you have any kind of like real conversation with him besides, oh, hey, you know, what do you, what pitches do you throw? Did you have any kind of really good conversations just you and him where he said, hey, man, I, I like how you do this. I like how you do that. Um, or did that, ha- did that happen later? Uh, it actually happened before. So uh, okay. right after I got claimed, uh, I'll say maybe a week or two. Well, right after I claimed, uh, I think uh, they they called me and said, uh, welcome to the team. Um, you know, we're excited to have you, this and that. And they said some people will be reaching out. So like the the training staff and, and Woody called me up and he said, so uh, hi, I'm Pete Woodworth and uh, I'm the pitching coach for the Mariners this year. Uh, I saw you pitching double leg because like, you pitched against us. And uh, he said, what, what have you been working on this offseason? So we had a really good conversation that first time where I explained to him pretty much everything I've been working on. And uh, that kind of took off from there, from right into spring training, because right. he had a good idea of exactly what I have been working on and what I've been trying to get better at going in. And uh, that's actually when we started talking about how I was moving back to my split change changeup. Uh, instead of the circle change I've been throwing the previous year. And uh, so that was a great conversation to have before we even got to spring training. So we were on the same page. And then from there, yeah, we continued having conversations from there. Yeah. Nick, is that the new normal, dude? I mean, the fact that the big league pitching coaches, now I know obviously it's his first year in the big leagues too. But if I'm in January and I'm a young pitcher that's just new to the organization, there's no frigging well, I'm talking back, back in the day, like 10 years. 10 plus years ago there's no way the big league pitching coach is calling me in january that's i mean i don't know like i'm not i'm not saying poor me or anything but it, is that normal now like in major league baseball is that just straight pete woodworth doing that i'm not really sure i, I think i think it is kind of coming around baseball especially in this time of zoom you know everybody's doing the virtual meetings but i mean i've had a couple conversations already with woody this offseason talking about pitching stuff and uh, things that we wanted to work on from last season and, and just uh, all that kinds of stuff. Uh, but he's great about it and he's so approachable that uh, I think it helps young guys feel comfortable uh, in talking to him. And uh, I hope it becomes a new normal around baseball because I really think that's <laughs> going to help young guys specifically. Yeah, 100%. Now, I want to dive into you get a chance, obviously. Um, you have the break, the COVID break. What were you doing? Now, you're in New York right now, right? Where, where were you spending the break? Like when I, when I, I said spent it here as well, uh, oh, we did? actually, okay. yeah, yeah. So, uh, we, uh, we, we drove home from Arizona, my wife and I, um, we, we actually closed on a house, uh, the day I got claimed, uh, by the Mariners. Wow. So I'll never forget that day, uh, because, uh, we claimed and I was, I was in the closing meeting 
when I got the call that I had been picked up. <laughs> so uh, we, uh, but we hadn't moved, we, we hadn't moved in though, because we didn't have enough time before spring training. So uh, we, we drove back from Arizona, moved into the house and uh, we spent the, the whole quarantine period um, moving in and doing house stuff. And yeah. Where, where did you grow up though? Cause you, you didn't grow up. Where, where, what, whereabouts in New York are you now? Uh, we live in Long Island. This is where she is from. So gotcha. uh, okay. we met in college. So I grew up in, in Ohio, the, right. just in a suburb of Cleveland. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not from this area at all, but uh, I went to college in New Jersey. So uh, we ended up moving to Long Island. Gotcha. So you, okay. So you spend your break there. Now at that point, you've already been optioned down. You already kind of, you know, stamp your ticket. Like this thing kicks back off. I'm going to be in AAA or whatever it is, right? In that period, I've asked a couple of your teammates this, like Sheffield and Dunn, what they did in that time period. What were you doing? Did you have somewhere to throw? Because I know in New York, they were pretty tight on like restrictions and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Uh, well, probably two days out. Not not we found out, but we kind of realized that this was going to this was going to be a little bit of a longer process. Like it yeah. wasn't going to be two three weeks head back to spring training. It was going to be maybe two months, one, two months. So um, the first thing we did, I wasn't throwing at the time. Uh, we we found somebody on Facebook Marketplace down in Philly and uh, bought a squat rack. And we put together a gym in the garage, actually. Right. Yeah. So I got a truck. So we drove the truck down and, and we uh, we we got the rack and we put I put it together in the garage. And so I was, we were able to get workouts in in the garage. And then uh, probably the second week after that, uh, I got back to just lightly throwing. Uh, and I was actually we didn't know who you could be around at the time. Uh, so I was throwing with my wife's brother, uh, who's 15. He's a sophomore in high school now. But. He's, he's very athletic, so he, he could throw, and he would long toss with me, no problem. I'd catch my flat grounds, he, he was good with it. And then uh, eventually places started to open back up, so probably around June, end of May, early June. So I had a month and a half of that, and then end of May, early June, I was able to go back into the facility uh, that I throw at. But we were just throwing outside at, at high school fields, and I was throwing the fence some days, and uh, but it, it was good. I, I did enjoy that time. So sorry. So you said your brother-in-law. He's fifteen. That's who you're throwing with. Yes. Ah, oh, so he would have been loving yes. it, dude. He would, he would have been like going back to school once, or not back to school, but he would have been thinking he's big time. Especially once you're in the big leagues dealing, he would have been telling his buddies, "Yeah, that was my. I, I got him ready basically for the season, right?" No, he he's telling me he's taking what what pitches he's taking deep. That's the way he is. He's not. <laughs> There's nothing about uh, him that uh, he's he's bragging about. He's he's telling me he's taking me deep. That's awesome, dude. At least I mean, man, some of the stories I heard from like big name dudes around baseball trying into a friggin' bonnet in a garage. I'm like, how the hell do you get ready? Like, I would struggle, man, because you know I, I'd come back to Australia over Christmas and just be thrown to a brick wall. I'm like, I'm getting nothing out of this. This is ridiculous. And two months later, I've got to try and compete for a job in the big leagues. It's nuts. So anyway, fast forward. So basically you go into, you figure out, you go into that 60 man, whatever it is, roster, you go in to, at that point. And we, are you thinking to yourself, all right, man, I'm making this frigging team. Like we, did you have that kind of mindset? Uh, I felt really good about the stuff I was doing during quarantine. Um, I knew I was throwing the ball really well and uh, my first bullpen when I got there um, I was I was really good I was just locked in uh, everything was 
where I want movement. Um, and uh, I was like, and yeah, so there was the 28 man roster. So, and we knew they were going to take extra pitchers because uh, pitchers starters wouldn't be fully built up. So um, I was like, I'm going to really have to work, but I got a chance to make the team. And uh, that was kind of my mindset every day of summer camp. I was like, I really don't know if I'm going to make the team or not, but uh, I'm, I'm working every day. Like I'm going to make yeah. the team. Right. And so you, you get a chance, you're in the bullpen, but deep down, right. You, you, you're looking at yourself and saying, I'm going to, I'm going to be a starting pitcher in the big leagues. I'm going to be a dude in the big leagues. So even when you're in the bullpen, I went back and forth. I was in the bullpen. I was starting, but I always, once I got that first taste of, like I'm not comfortable being in this situation in the bullpen. I want to be in that frigging rotation. So those first couple outings where you're in the bullpen, are you in the back of your mind saying, "Man, just give me a chance to start," or are you just are you happy to be where you're at? Uh, in the moment, I was I was happy to be on the team because yeah. I knew things weren't really set in stone. Uh, when uh, Skip told me that that I had made the team, he said, "You made the team." Uh, this is what we see you doing. You can throw multiple in the bullpen, you know, just run with it, you know, get out. When you get the ball, run with it. Let's do it. And, um, but yeah, in the back of my head, not even in the back of my head, in, 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 in the front of my mind, like I'm a starter, like yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to start, you know, this is what I'm doing right now, but I, I can start. And I think that was kind of my attitude. Um, but, you know, I can also come out of the bullpen and I figured that out. I figured out how to cut down how many pitches it, it takes me to get in the game. And uh, I could do both. I, I could do it. But, yeah. you know, I was thinking that whole time I was like, this is getting ready. This is getting me ready to start. And yeah. What can I take from what I learned here to starting, which I think helped me later in the year. Yeah, right. You make a good point, man. When I had my, when I had like a bullpen mentality as a starting pitcher, that's when I was at my best. That's for sure. So then Kendall Graveman goes down, right? Kind of, and and this is kind of like the the the, you know, round the way of saying it. You get into the rotation. He literally, you're looking at this thing, and okay, guys are coming back from injuries, or guys are maybe coming up. That you know, you hear all this talk about these young pitchers who they love, or they're going to give them a crack. So you're probably in those early couple outings, you're probably constantly looking over your shoulder, like how long am I going to be in this rotation? And it's one of these things that if I have one or two little slip ups, man, they're going to, they're going to all of a sudden, you know, Graveman, Kendall Graveman is going to come back or they're going to replace me with someone. Did you ever have that kind of feeling early on when you're in the rotation? I I've had that. I had that feeling before I had that feeling uh, last year in 2019, you know, kind of looking on my shoulder, um, and I, I don't like that feeling yeah. and I realized, uh, kind of a lot of my reflection after the 2019 season came from, you know, that's not really my feeling. I got to the major leagues by, you know, seeing how quickly I could move up a level, not worrying about getting sent back a level. And that's kind of what I reflected. I was like, man, why was I so worried about going to the minor leagues instead of being focused on establishing myself and, and getting better at the major league level? And uh, part of it maybe was that that's the first time there's no next level when you when you get up for that first time. Um, but when I was got in the rotation, I was like I was not so much worried about getting sent back to the bullpen or getting sent down. I was more focused on how am I going to cement myself into this in this right. rotation. And uh, that's really more what my focus was, because I wasn't performing when I was worried, worried about going back uh, the other way. It's tough, no man. It is so tough not to look over your shoulder, man. I, I remember I, I gave up like a six spot one time. Like, oh, here we go. If I do one more of these, I'm out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
like that that was it's it's tough though you, you make a great point dude it is hard to compete yeah. when you're constantly doing that that's for sure um just back to now once you get in that rotation you get a chance to work with pete woodworth you know i'm bringing him back again because all of a sudden now he's watching you every fifth day or every sixth day whatever it is right what were some of the things as that season rolled on what were some of the things that you guys worked on to get to to constantly get better it was the constant evolution of my pitches and that's that's continuing uh, to be a focus for us like that's what we talked about uh, the other day when we talked um about what what my secondary pitches can be and how i can use them as weapons and uh and get away from just uh trying to get hitters out one way i had multiple ways to get hitters out and uh that's kind of what we were working on and uh seeing the results of my pitches i'm not talking about hits and, and like seeing the, the the metrics on the pitches and the breaks and how much better I felt throwing them and how much more confident I was. And uh, that's something I'm going to continue to work on. And that's something I'm continuing to work on uh, this whole offseason. Are you a big analytics guy? Like do you love diving into, you know, how, what the rap soda tells you or what some of the, the metrics, you know, on your own and, and do, you, do you get caught up in that? I, I love to learn about it. I, I like to learn in general and anything that I think, is going to make me better. I'm, I'm all ears and learning about, to me, it's, it's no different than learning about, you know, why I'm doing certain running on a certain day for conditioning or, yeah. or why, uh, I, why I need to do it. And now I've gotten a pro ball. I do it every single time I touch the mound and haven't had arm problems. So, yeah. uh, to me, why would, why would I not want to learn and, and use the, the information to make myself better? Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I've loved using the analytics and, and rap Soto and, and all that stuff. Who were some of the guys, once you got to the big leagues, like I'm looking at Marco, looking at like Taiwan Walker before he got traded, but were, was there that one or two teammates that you leaned on or helped you or made a big impact on you as a pitcher? Um, I would say th this year, yeah, like like Marco is, is, a, is a good guy to, to listen to and, and lean on. But uh, going back to like last year, uh, you know, one of the guys I'm still I still talk to quite a bit is is Craig Stammen. He's he's a reliever with yeah. the Padres. Yeah. You know, he's been in the game a long time. He's gone through a lot of things, and uh, he's got such a, a a good a good uh, viewpoint on on everything. He's kind of got the the bigger picture in view, and he reminds me to keep that caught up in the bumps, the the, the highs and the lows that you go through uh, throughout a season. You know, I mean, you can you can ride the high of a start, but you know that don't that runs out. You know, and and keep the big picture in mind we want to play this he's been a good guy for me to, to listen to on that that's interesting man because usually you know when i ask that I'm, I'm expecting oh yeah you know marco and and this that and the other i'm sure marco was was great and everything else but it's funny like for me cliff lee i don't know if you remember cliff lee left-handed pitcher he got traded over um to us and everyone was just he's an indian on. yeah right exactly right he, he came over um, he came over from the Philly stats. Yeah, yeah. So you'd know. I was there when he won his 20th game in Cleveland, his Cy Young year. Well, there you go. I mean, of course you know. I had, I had his poster hanging up in my room for the longest time. Yeah. I mean, dude, watching him pitch, man, like, and just sitting there, what he was, but the thing is with him, so he gets traded over and I'm like, oh, this is great. But everyone was ramming Cliff Lee down my throat to, and so, absolutely, the guy's a stud. Our personalities are completely different. And so there was constantly, oh, I want, we want you to talk to Cliff. Want you, to, but it just, and it, he helped me. But 
in, in a way, but I get super nervous, right? He, he would look at me and I'm like, dude, I can't even eat breakfast right now. And he's like, why? I don't get that. Like just throw strikes, you'd be fine. That's his attitude on everything. And it was interesting. And I, I'm, I'm looking at this and, and watching your pitch this year. And I'm thinking to myself, I guarantee you the, not that's a bad thing, but the Mariners staff or whoever's like, oh, hey, we want you to hang out with Marco and whatever, because he's been around, you know, longer than you and everything else. But it's interesting. You mentioned Craig Stammen. So Craig Stammen and you, so you still bounce things off him? Yeah. It, when I saw him, I saw him twice through the year uh, in San Diego and we have, uh, we're in Peoria uh and uh so yeah I, i'll still talk to him if i ever had if i ever need anything or ever had a question for him i know i could call him anytime um and you know uh yeah he he's been great for me it's interesting yeah it, it's 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 funny when when i asked that i mean there was no hesitation when you mentioned that with him so coming into this off season you get done with this year and you put up a really good body of work and now all of a sudden everyone's talking about you like you're a you're a big priority now with the mariners right they're a young team and everything else. But I said this at the end of the year, I was doing a little, I was doing a Mark, uh, Mark um breakdown uh, at the end of the season um, that you probably never saw is on Root Sports. But I was talking about you, I guarantee you're in a situation now where you're never going to get comfortable because of what happened last January. Even though you've had a good year, now all of a sudden you're a dude, but you can take this and, and run with it and say, man, I... I'm never going to get comfortable, but this is what I can work on. So this off season, what, what are some of the things you're doing for 2021? Pretty much right, right away. Uh, just get back in the weight room. Um, that's been a huge thing for me. I, I went through a major body transformation probably over the last uh, eight years, seven, eight years, yeah. uh, major changes. Um, and that's always a focus for me, uh, especially, especially as I try to uh, get deeper in the games. I think that that's a huge next step for me. Um, how am I going to get, am I going to, uh, make that jump. And I think that comes from the weight room and how much work I put in every day in the off season, because you really have to do that today because I'm not playing a game for three months. You know, uh, it's really easy to get, have a day like that, but when can you be every single day and say, you know, uh, it's not given, it's not given that that's going to be, be there for you. And I'm at the gym today. And so that's the first thing for me. And then, and then the second thing is uh, pitch, pitch refinement uh, with my secondaries. Um, you know, I, my secondaries are, I mean, I've been only throwing them since I got in a pro ball, really. Um, I didn't really throw them at all in college. Uh, so my curveball took a big step, I think last year. Um, now I just need to get it more consistent in the zone. I like the shape it has, but I need to get in the zone more consistently. Um, I feel like my slider's gotten better, uh, but, uh, it could be even better and I could yeah. throw it more in, uh, in more advantageous counts for myself. And uh, my changeup, I think, is gonna is gonna be a weapon uh, to give me some some quick outs. And all those things are uh, are, are floating around here every time I'm throwing, and and uh, and I'm working to think about how I can implement them more when the season does get here. You feel like you you leaving the season because I noticed you started throwing your curveball a little bit more, especially after 2019. This year, like you know, there's a higher rate of curveballs. Do you feel like? The as an out pitch, what's the priority for you? Let's say, let's say against righties, what's the priority, the curveball or the slider when it comes to breaking balls for 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 a for a strikeout pitch like for for an out pitch? Uh, for me, it depends on the guy, and uh, I think for everybody, it depends on the guy. But it's it's knowing what that pitch is for what guy, and uh, that's where the preparation comes into play, uh, and that's that's something that uh, is really really important to me. I think you need to know what your best strikeout pitch is, um, but for blanket. Overall, I would say 
probably my curveball. My curveball is probably my best swing and miss pitch. Um, and my my fastball gets swing and misses as well. But for swing and miss secondary, it, it's probably my curveball. The right hand hitters right. to left hand hitters, I would say it's it's the slider. Okay. Well, hey man, I am extremely excited. I can't wait to watch you do your thing. When you came over and I, I saw your backstory, getting DFA'd. You know, I knew there was a little bit of that proven people wrong slash hunger involved. And I love it with young pitchers like you. But, um, dude, this has been fun, man. And hopefully, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we get a regular spring training, regular 162, so I can actually meet you in person. And hopefully, we can do this in person where there's not this bad internet connection and we, we can ha- have a dive into a good conversation, dude. Yeah, me too. I would love to do that. And, and, and things are back to normal and, and we can we can do this in person. That would be great. Awesome, Nick. I appreciate, man. All the best for this off season, and we'll see you. Hopefully, man. Hopefully, we'll see you February, March in spring training. All right. Thank you. Nice to meet you. How are we doing, team? Like I said, we had to cut that one a little short. There was a bit of a delay. I felt bad. I uh, had to edit that a little bit too. But Nick Margavich is what a great dude. He is going to have a big 2021. Next week, I have Evan White. And we dive into his 2020, what's he's, what he's been doing this offseason and what we can expect in 2021 from this young, exciting Seattle Mariners team. I can't wait. Make sure you go to www.thetopstep.com. Leave me a review. Subscribe. Send me an email. I love getting the emails. I know a lot of you ask for guest requests. I do my best to get them on. But I am doing more Mariners right now. We're doing a little Mariners streak here. A uh, bunch of different guys. I don't want to give it away. Who's coming up? Obviously, Evan White next week. And i got some good ones after that. We will see you next week. Have a good one. And don't forget to click that subscribe button. Happy birthday to me coming up. All right, guys. We'll see you.